0: Good morning. As is our custom here at the chapel, when we celebrate communion, we shorten the sermon up just a bit. We call it a devotional. And I have eagerly desired to share this devotional with you all today. Before we start, let me pray this. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Open your Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 22. We also say the gospel of Luke. You could also say the good news which Luke wrote about Jesus Christ. You can't have good news without bad news. The bad news is this you sin you die the bad news is it has been appointed for man to die once and after that to face the judgment and the bad news is at that judgment God's verdict on you will be eternal separation eternity in hell eternal weeping and gnashing of teeth that is eternal sadness and crying and eternal anger if you don't know Christ. The good news is God has always accepted the death of an innocent substitute in our place. The good news is Jesus was that innocent substitute for us, and he died to bear the cost of our sins of my sin. The Lord has laid the iniquity of us all on him. The good news is when you believe in Christ, at that judgment, God's verdict on you will be good. He will look on you as having the righteousness of Christ, and he will grant you eternity with him in heaven where you will have eternal joy. That's the gospel message. It's been preached for 2,000 years. It never gets old. The night before Jesus died, he ordained the communion at the end of the Passover meal. Um, that before the communion was the Passover meal with his disciples celebrating the last Old Testament Passover meal, the last legitimate Passover Christ held with his disciples. And that's what I'm going to focus on is the Passover. Now all of the Gospels and Paul explain the communion very well, but Luke has in his gospel this one statement that stands alone. None of the other gospels record the statement, and it's in Luke 22, verse 15. Now look at that with me. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to share this Passover meal with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. This devotional, this message is going to be a question and answer type message. I'm going to ask you a question, and then I'm going to give you five multiple choice answers. We're going to meditate and think on each one of those. The question is this, why did Jesus eagerly desire to eat that Passover meal with his disciples? Answer A, he was a man and he desired fellowship with his disciples. We know that Christ was fully God, we know that he was also fully man. Men have feelings, men have emotions, men were made for relationships. Jesus had a very close relationship with his disciples Um, consider this Christ said regarding some of his disciples he said for whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother or sister or mother closer than a friend you know an immediate relative of Christ if you if you know him and do the will of his father Men enjoy fellowship, especially with those who are like-minded. Consider Jonathan, Saul's son, and King David. Here's what Samuel wrote about their relationship. The soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. We know from the stories they had a very close relationship like-mindedness. Psalm 119 has a verse that says this, speaking to God, I am a friend to all who fear you, to all who follow your precepts. I am a friend to all who fear you and to all who follow your precepts. That's the like-mindedness that we share and the the like-mindedness that Christ shared with his disciples because his disciples believed in him. The last part of that verse, Jesus said, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of heaven. Now consider him as a man. What if I told you this is your last holiday meal for 2,000 years? You're not going to celebrate it again. Wouldn't you want that to be a special event and one to remember? I think Christ, the man, really wanted this to be a special occasion with his disciples because it was the last Passover meal he would share with them in his physical body. Okay, back to my question. Why did Jesus eagerly desire to share this Passover with his disciples? Answer B. He was a teacher and he wanted to leave his disciples with one last great teaching. Much was written about this Last Supper. All of the uh, Gospels have some text regarding what Jesus said, but the Apostle John dedicates five of his 21 chapters to the Last Supper. Almost 25% of the book of John is recording what Christ said to his disciples. It is a great teaching, and I don't want you to turn there, but I just want you to sit back and listen to some of the things that he said from those five chapters. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. A new commandment that I give you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. In chapter 14, he said, do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever the spirit of truth. You know him for he lives with you and will be in you. On that day you will realize that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them, he is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love them and show myself to them. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Now chapter 15. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me... You can do nothing. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it shall be done for you. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Greater love has no one than this, that he lays down his life for his friends. You are my friends. chapter 16 but when he the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own accord but whatever he hears he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come he will glorify me for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you until now you have asked for nothing in my name ask and you will receive so that your joy will be full I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Finally, in chapter 17, this is the great priestly prayer that Jesus prayed in the upper room in front of his disciples. And John records this. This is eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And finally, he's praying to the Father, and he says, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Okay, back to my question. Why did Jesus eagerly desire to share that Passover meal with his disciples? answer c he was obedient to the father and looking forward to the big event when we schedule a big event we set the date and the time well in advance consider this is olympic season we know when and where the next five olympics are going to be or For football fans, the Super Bowl. We know when and where the next three Super Bowls are going to be. Or, dads, consider the wedding that you're holding for your daughter. You know the time, you know the place, the location, you know the... you also know the attendees who will come. Likewise, The big event in the history of the world is the crucifixion. God had set that date and time and location. He knew all of the players and all the the people that were going to be there. Um, The entire history of the world hinges on the crucifixion of Christ. Everyone in the Old Testament was looking forward to the one who was to come. Everyone in the New Testament looks back to the one who came. Jesus knew what was going to happen. He knew the pain that he was going to suffer at the exact hour. He knew the physical pain that he would experience because he was a man. But more importantly, he knew the spiritual pain he would experience by taking all of our sins on him and experiencing the wrath of God. But yet, he was obedient to the Father and looking forward to this big event. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Why did Jesus eagerly desire to share this Passover meal with his disciples? Answer D. He was divine and he was on a divine schedule. Like I said previously, he knew exactly when it was going to happen. Christ is part of the Trinity. He has the omniscience and the sovereignty of God. He, he knew all of the players that were going to be involved. And he knew it was going to happen. There were many of these players that did not want him crucified during the Passover. Consider the chief priests. Matthew says the chief priests schemed to arrest Jesus secretly to kill him, but they said not during the Passover or there may be a riot among the people. The chief priests wanted to lock him up put him aside, away from the crowd until after the two million people left Jerusalem because they were afraid of the crowds. They did not want him exposed in the Passover celebration in public. Judas knew this. Judas was given those instructions to find a place privately where he could turn him over to the Jewish authorities. The Passover meal would have been an ideal location because all of the Jewish community would be in the houses, in the, in their small groups, in rooms, and not out in the public squares, including Christ and his disciples, and Jews knew that, so... That's why Luke records this up in, starting in verse 8, 22, 8. Luke says, Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare it? They asked. He said, As you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you, follow him to the house that he enters. Say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks, where's the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished, make preparations there. This was an unnamed man carrying a jar of water. It was an unnamed owner of the house. The house Where it was located was not identified. It was an unscheduled reservation. This was a covert operation by our omniscient Savior to hide the location of the Passover meal from Judas and from the chief priests. He was in control orchestrating all of the individuals and all of the details of this night. Consider Pilate. The governor issues an executive order declaring Christ to be innocent, but yet that was not going to stop the crucifixion either. Lastly, do you think that Satan wanted jesus to be crucified to provide salvation for all of us i don't think so i think satan had other plans yet satan was part of the orchestration of all the details to make this event happen because this was a divine event on a divine schedule Why did Jesus eagerly desire to share this Passover meal with his disciples? This is my last answer, and the teachers know the answer is all of the above. He was fully man, experienced all of the feelings that a man feels, he, he desired to have that fellowship with his disciples. He was fully God, he knew this, this big event was all about him. He gladly was obedient, going to the cross, even knowing the pain that would, that would come with it. In summary, I said this gospel message has been preached for 2,000 years, and it never gets old. It really has been preached from the beginning of the world. Consider Cain and Abel. Cain killed Abel. Because Abel was preaching this same message, Abel brought the fat portions from the firstborn of his flock. Abel knew the sacrifice of an innocent animal, and the blood that was shed is the Old Testament symbol of the one who was to come. Cain did not. Cain brought an unacceptable worship. Kind of in keeping with my theme about the food and the drink, we as believers come to the table. Like it says in the Psalms, as a deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul pants for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? We come to church today to meet with Him. Now, as we come to the communion table, let's worship him properly by remembering what he did for us, by shedding his blood and sacrificing his body.